Hi, and welcome back to the How to Decorate podcast from Ballard Designs. We want to teach you how to decorate your home and unleash your inner decorator. So we'll be interviewing interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world, sharing the trials and triumphs of our own homes, and also answering your decorating questions. I'm Caroline. I run the Ballard Designs blog, How to Decorate. And I'm Taryn. I'm on the product design team at Ballard. And I'm Karen, and I had a branding at Ballard. We're your hosts. Hey. Hi. <laughs> so there is so much to say about our guest today that it seems kind of straight, like I don't even know where to start, but I feel confident that you know her work and her, if not because of her modeling career in the 80s and 90s, then because of her lifestyle brand, India Hicks Inc., or her four books. Her most recent book, A Slice of England, is part family history, part journal, part design inspiration, and Karen, Taryn, and I have all been reading it the last couple days especially, so we're so excited to have you. Thank you, India, for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. Um, I'm a little obsessed with you. I've, I have been stalking <laughs> you around the world, <laughs> trying to get you on the podcast. I mean, I showed up at one of your book signings in Atlanta and um, trying to, you know, put you in handcuffs and put you in the back of my car and get you to come on the podcast. So you, thanks for coming on. <laughs> well, it worked. It did. It worked perfectly. The stalking worked. I'm here. That's not a good <laughs> lesson, though, to teach people. <laughs> So, yeah, like Caroline said, we've been reading your book. And, I, you know, it's funny because I had a friend over the other day in my house and, he's, and he saw your book sitting there and he's like, who's India Hicks? And I was like, well, who is, who is she not? I feel like you've done it all. Um, but what, like, what do you think, if you were to describe yourself, what do you want to say? Are you an author? Are you a designer, an entrepreneur? I know you say mother first, but how would you describe yourself? Probably a little bit of all of that. I think we've moved into an age now where certainly my kids growing up, they don't ever want to be one thing. It's so interesting. I mean, you know, if in England you said you were a blacksmith, you were a blacksmith. And in fact, you carried the name Smith uh, through the generation. So everybody knew that you came from a family of blacksmiths. That's not just not the case anymore. When I say to one of my kids, what do you want to do? He said, I wanted to be an actor and a director and a movie maker and a songwriter. They want to do all of those things. And looking back, actually, I never plotted out my career. It was one step led to the next. But each, each step has been very um, educational and informative and has, has helped me for the next step. So I think often when asked advice about careers, I, I, I certainly don't have much advice about career moves, but I do now feel that I've got to a very comfortable age where I've done quite a little bit of everything and I like that. And so I'm certainly not an expert on anything, but I grew up under the imposing of David Hicks, who was my father, and he was very um, dramatic in the way that he designed, very courageous. Um, he was very um, forward thinking. He was the first to mix old with new. He would have a, a Louis XV chair with a perspex box and a piece of modern art above it. Um, he brought really the, the, the world alight with his geometric patterns and designs, and he was certainly not afraid to use color. So growing up with a father who was a very recognized decorator and designer, of course, inevitably, I was fascinated by the world of design. But I was also slightly intimidated by it. I think having him as your father, and then my brother was a designer, and my sister was in the art world, and my uh, sister-in-law, who's very well known for caftans. And I was like, ooh. So I, I ended up modeling for a while, which actually 
put me in very good stead of knowing how to work with teams of people, um, which was a, a good part of my education as well. I traveled a great deal for the modeling, went to amazing places. And I also traveled independently just for myself, which opened my eyes to how other parts of the world lived, how they entertained, how they, how they built cities, how they decorated in their homes, how they lived in general. And I think that that's a very important part of it. I like to think that I am really a world citizen by now. I mean, I live here on a tiny island in the Bahamas, but I grew up in England and I was lucky enough to have had um, some very remarkable moments in my life and have been come from some extraordinary heritage. So, so I think now island life and the British heritage combine to what I suppose is a fairly unique story. And that's how I've got to where I am today. I loved getting to read that story in your new book. And I, I, I think what was really struck me about it is it was almost like it was like a journal. And I said that in the intro, like getting to really hear firsthand how you felt about your dad's designs and your home growing up. And, um, and I loved how that sort of journaling, it sort of comes through in your decorating um, because it seems like every room that you have and is featured in the book has some, you know, something that you've had from somewhere else that you've collected or it has like a memory with it. Um, Absolutely, Karen. I think you're very right in that, in the, in the fact that in a way that I decorate in a journaling way, I hadn't even thought of that before. But yes, I, I, very, I was very intentional with the book. So A Slice of England. Um, and I asked Rizzoli, the publishers, look, I don't want to do a pure decorating book. And it came on the heels of um, Island Life, which is my other book that I did with Rizzoli. And, and both books are really books with stories in them. And I said, I didn't want to necessarily talk about how to use Pantone colors or how to use the cornice in a new room or what floorboards I've been using. Yes, there are hints of that in it because of course as a decorator there has to be, but I really wanted to be able to tell stories. And I do that not only um, through my life, but through my lifestyle brand in AX Inc, but also through the books. And indeed, as you've just pointed out, through the way that we decorate. I certainly, certainly cannot decorate in a minimal way. Um, every time we try to do a minimal project, layers and layers and layers just come in. So we're, we're secret hoarders, I'm afraid. Um, <laughs> but I also love the fact that we start with a blank canvas and onto it we paint our stories. Um, and I think that that is the journey of everybody's life. You know, you, you, you begin with nothing and then you paint your own story onto it. Um, so I like, I like the theme of that. And I do, I love storytelling. I mean, if you look at my Instagram account, which is India Hicks style, I think there you'll see very evidently that there are so many different parts of my life, which is also my journey, which is also my career, telling stories. So I have five mad kids. Um, yesterday we did one of our, what we call live and unbleaked, where it's a 20 minute uh, video podcast, which we stream through our Facebook and our Instagram. And my kids are part of it and they film it and they interrupt it. And one of them said, oh my God, wait, there's a very important comment. Uh, people are saying I look like Ryan Gosling. I think he just made <laughs> At no stage did anybody say he looked like Ryan Gosling, but he did get that bit in. So, oh, I can dream. Yeah, we can all dream. Actually, actually, between you and me, he does look a little bit like Ryan Gosling, but <laughs> no one else that. Only his mother says that. Um, so I, I love to be able to be very inclusive as well in the way that we decorate. So I love my kids being part of the whole design journey. They're part of my the business that I founded, India Hicks Inc., which is all about encouraging women to stand on their own two feet. Um, and, and, and also at home, you know, it, it's wonderful that it does become one complete lifestyle story. Mm -hmm. I loved um, also getting to hear about your dad 
in in the book um, because his style is obviously so um, I mean iconic like you see that wallpaper especially I think that wallpaper to me like you see that and you immediately think of his rooms but um but your style is very different but still you use a lot of his textiles and so I wanted to know if there was um any, I mean, I'm sure you feel like you've learned lots of decorating lessons from him, but if there's one in particular that maybe stands out as being something that you really think of when you're working on your own spaces. It still works for you in yeah. the way that you decorate, yeah. Yes, well, certainly that there are a number, but um, I, I love that you say that when you think of the wallpaper, I assume you're talking about the, the hexagonal wallpaper, yes. um, because that, that has been used um, a lot more recently. But if you think he goes back to The Shining, we all know that film, that extraordinary film, Jack Nicholson, The Shining, when they're coming down the corridor on the tricycle and the two twins are standing beside them, that is a David Hicks carpet. So that <laughs> red and orange geometric carpet was so extraordinary in that scene of The Shining, absolutely is my father's. He also decorated the bowling alley at the White House. So he, he has touched <laughs> many parts of American culture. Um, but, but yes, his work was very influential. And he had one saying, which was, good taste and design are by no means dependent upon money. And that I like very much because I'm so incredibly blessed and lucky to have come from a very extraordinary background um, and to have had a wonderful start in life. But I've always been um, very intent upon making my own money and forging my own career and not taking for granted what I was given. Um, and I think you see that in the business that I founded. Um, but also my father's motto is a very good one. Good taste and designer by no means dependent on money. And I think you see that. I mean, there are brilliant companies, the ones that you're, you're, you're all related to. You know, there are amazing ways that we can decorate now very inexpensively, um, especially with the advent of social media. You know, just go on someone's Instagram account and Pinterest and see the influx of incredible ideas that we can all steal and nick <laughs> and use for our own. Um, that don't take a great deal of budget. And, and I really would like... Uh, my life, my stories, my books, my company to feel accessible, really accessible, and that anyone can be part of it. Well, you do have a big brood, like you said, five kids, and their age is what, like 10 to 20, something like that? Yeah, it's really painful. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> uh, but some are now in college, so you've got a little bit of peace, I'm assuming. Um, but when you're designing a home for a family, how do you do that in a practical way? Because you have so many beautiful things that are precious, but you, you have to make it livable. How do we do that? Oh, my God. You know, this is a question that we, we, we all ask, and whether we achieve it or not is a different matter. Um, but we set out to do that. I, I was very keen to have a home that was um, with somewhere where the kids could feel very relaxed growing up. Um, certainly when I grew up, my father, there were chairs that we knew we could not sit on. They had been plumped in a very certain way with a cushion and you just knew, don't sit on the comfy chair, sit on the hard chair. But for my children, it's been much more a, a, a life of, it's much easier. Um, you know, they get driven to school on a, on a, on a golf cart and I wear my pajamas and the, the local traffic is a chicken crossing the road here on the small <laughs> island that I live on. Uh, whereas I went in a custom colored Rolls Royce, for God's sakes. They are very distinct differences. Um, but also, <laughs> I, think, I think the kids know that there are, there are areas of our house that are for them. Make a mess, draw on the walls, do whatever you want. And, and that's important. But also there are other areas where they know, you know, 
actually don't mess with this table design. Uh, this has been done in a certain way. We're lucky to grow up and to live in a home in the Bahamas that has space. So, so again, I'm very conscious of how do people live in the city or in other environments or where they don't necessarily have as much space. Um, but I think that you still are always able to find a corner of a room where the kids can feel that they can make their mess and be themselves and other corners of the room that are for you. Will you um, describe your home that you're in? Certainly. Um, we bought this home 25 years ago. Um, it's on a small island called Harbour Island. I grew up holidaying on a neighboring island called Eleuthera, which means freedom in Greek. Um, so I'm very familiar with the area and the countryside and the, and the surrounding and the country itself. And it was just by fate that I then end up living on Harbour Island. But we bought a home that's very traditional in its look and feel. It's a very um, um, West Indian style home. And we've done it in a very Caribbean way. And the fact that you buy it and you, every time you have a child, you add on a room and add on a room and add on a room. <laughs> That, so it's rather sprawling. Nothing was was thought out very cleverly. But we, when we when we bought it, we really wanted to take it back in time. So we got rid of the the more Palm Beach esque feel to it. So we took out the white cement floors and we laid big thick fir planks. So we wanted it to feel that it was more 18th century than 20th century. We love that. We wanted it to feel very befitting to a Bahamian uh, culture and atmosphere. Um, and, and, I, and I think we've certainly achieved that. Certainly now, 25 years later, this house is more shabby, possibly, than chic. Um, <laughs> but, but it definitely feels like home. And every time I make a suggestion of changing or updating or repainting, my kids go, no, no. So, so it feels very much uh, a familiar uh, environment for them that they don't want me to mess with. Mm-hmm. I have a question. Because uh, your partner, David, uh, in your book that you just wrote about your English home, you said you guys didn't really have conflicts about what you were going to put in the rooms or how you were going to design it. You really literally only disagreed over one bathroom handle. I just can't even believe this. To be <laughs> I'm renovating your basement. My husband and I are about to murder each other. So that, that's really interesting what, what you say. And, and indeed, it, firstly, it shows that you really did read my book. Thank I did. <laughs> and, and, and secondly, that I should, have, I should have put a footnote on that page that then said, we, after this project, we decided we would no longer work with each other. Uh, we would live together, but we would no longer work on projects very closely together. Um, I think what we meant was that at America Farm, the house that we recently have been able to build in England, I owned, in fact, a plot of land, and we were able to build this house we were lucky in the fact that we very much shared the same vision for how that house was going to come to life. So we had seen, um, we had seen a house that we both admired, which was like a Georgian farmhouse. And we said, let's take that as our architectural uh, point uh, of reference and we'll build from there. And over the years, David had been collecting and I had been inheriting um, pieces of furniture. And interestingly, when we came to put it all in the house, it just worked together. So we were very, very lucky in that and yes, our biggest fight probably was over the door handle to a bathroom. Um, I think, though, that, that we do have different ideas about how things are done as we mature. Because, of course, now I get in the phase of saying, oh, my God, I don't want another thing. Um, and David just loves books and art and, and so continues to buy. So there may be, there may be a parting of the ways at some point from our, from our shared vision of a designed home. Uh, but we're lucky, certainly, on America Farm. What, where did the name come from? 
Well, interesting, isn't it? We build a home in England, having lived very close to America for so many years, and we call it America Farm. The field was was already named that, and I think just like a boat, we felt that it would be bad luck to change the name, and we just felt we had four children that have been born in America. I have a business that was also born in America. Uh, I have many friends and family across America, so we thought we would just keep the name America Farm. That's fun. It's fun. It seems like, um, well, and, okay, and, and in the book you talk and you mentioned this earlier that your dad was known for his mixing contemporary with antique. And that is, um, ob- that's very obvious in your, in your home in America farm. Um, but I wanted to see if you, because we talk about this a lot on the podcast actually about how um, intimidating I think it can be for some people to work antiques into their home and, and feel like, okay, well, am I allowed to do this? Does this look good? Is some person that comes to my house going to think this is ugly or like, how do you, do you feel like there's a formula you use to mix these precious antiques with your Bahamian home or, you know, kind of country life and how can we kind of emulate your flawless British style? Well, no, flawless not. But I definitely have got to the age where I'm much less concerned what other people think. So when you say, what will other people think about how I've done it? That, that, that I don't pay much attention to. What I pay attention to is how I live and what makes me happy. And if I'm sitting in a room that makes me happy, then, then, then that is good. Um, also, you must design for how, how you live. So some people have rooms that they never even sit in. They're beautiful to look at, but they don't actually use them or sit in them. David and I have always maintained let's design rooms we're actually going to use. Um, but I, we do like bringing old into new. And especially, I think, if you look now um, on so many internet sites, you know, there is a lot of antique furniture that is available at amazingly um, affordable prices, you know, compare it to a pottery barn or, or restoration hardware, um, and, and you'll find there are other bits of furniture that you, you can buy that have got incredible sense of history about them for, for much less that's actually a, a new piece of furniture, and we're, we're all for that. Um, I love up, uh, upscaling, uplifting, repurposing, uh, and that falls into that category. Mm-hmm. Oh, fun fact. Did you know that the Banquet at, is it the Dunmore there? It there is. on Harbor Island? The yes. Banquet in there is from Ballard Designs. That is good to know, Amanda Lindroff. Yeah. Yes. I was there not too long ago and I was like, this looks like Ballard. So I came back and um, looked it up on our <laughs> order history and it's from us. It looks yeah. so cute. Wonderful. That is awesome. <laughs> oh my gosh. That yeah, is, Karen, that. is crazy. Karen's a stalker, as you can tell. <laughs> yeah. I was outside your house. I'm just kidding. I was not outside your house. <laughs> um, I was actually watching your story yesterday on Instagram, and you were talking um, You were talking about your new melamine plates that you just did. Um, yes. I just want to talk because you've just launched the home, quote-unquote, part of your lifestyle brand. Is that correct? Yes. I mean, I said that rather grandly and, and with great conviction that I was um, launching home. But, um, but in actual fact, you know, it, 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 it's a very small starting point. I had the great joy of working for um, HSN and creating collections of bedding. Um, and I loved that. I love table decorating, as you might have noticed. I love fiddling with flowers. I love making a table look warm and inviting where guests want to linger and stay. So it was, it was only a matter of time before we did do home. So we have, yes, absolutely launched a collection of melamine plates because I love to dance at the table and my kids are terrible with 
with with uh, china plates do not end up on the floor so we did melamine because we thought that was unbreakable and in fact i just wrote a, a blog about unbreakable traditions um but but yes yeah, so a collection of plates uh coasters and um some placemats and napkins um from uh from india so we'll see we'll see how how the reaction is and where that goes but i do love home do you want to talk about your business a little bit? Because I think it's an interesting thing. It's an interesting part of you, the way that you've, like you, you talk over and over about empowering women and that kind of idea and the business was sort of built around that. Do you want to talk about that a little bit, your business in general? I, I would love to because I think it, it, it come, plays into the lifestyle brand um, and, and, and what we're, we're doing uh, overall, as I said, um, you know, it's, it's one big circle that, that um, keeps going round and round. And, and, and part of that story is the fact that, as I said, I've always tried to make my own income, tried to make my own path, live an unexpected life, do things in a slightly more unusual way. Um, but, but my way and standing on my own two feet and believing in my values and morals. And, and when I was, had the opportunity to, to, to launch a brand and to, to found a company, uh, I wanted again to make it inclusive. And I love the idea that we were able to offer women a chance to work from home on their own terms in their own time. And even if the business pivots slightly from time to time, that message is still there. Um, and, and really, I love the idea that especially women who get to a slightly different stage of their career and they may have been home now raising a family and then they, and then they find their kids are moving on to college and they say, what am I going to do next? That actually at India Hicks, we're able to offer them all of the tools and the support they may need, but they can launch a business from home, which means that they're able still to be a, a dedicated mother and wife and, and, and the, 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 the nucleus and the backbone of the family, but they're able to do something for themselves as well and make an income at the same time. So I love that. So we're a lifestyle brand sold through trunk shows hosted by uh, an amazing uh, network of entrepreneurial women um, who are able to start their own businesses from us. Is it all over the U.S. or is it is it international? It's all over the U.S. We ship uh, to some countries internationally. Um, that's a part of the business that we intend to grow later. We need to make sure that the U.S. part is firm first. You know, I, again, I, I, I love being able to sell in the U.S. You have such an extraordinary country, so many different pockets of, of culture within your own country, and that's been fascinating for me to learn and see as I've launched this company. I bought a few pieces um, recently, and I love them. I, some of the camo stuff, the little embroidered Good. Uh, bugs on it. It's adorable. Yeah, absolutely. And the camo, we, we designed it exclusively for us. When we looked at camo, we said, but wait, why don't we just design our own? And then we had these, these wonderful good luck creatures embroidered on them, as you say. Um, so everything feels that it has quite a strong point of view that hopefully you're not going to be seeing out there um, in other places. I feel like you are the person who's going to know the very best sunscreen in the whole world. Right? You live in the sun. You're interested in your skin. That's an unexpected question while we're talking about design. I know. <laughs> well, I was thinking about your about- mask. I use your mask to that scrubbing. Oh, good. Oh, I love, I love it. Love our mask. Um, so I was masking this morning thinking, I wonder what sunscreen India uses. Yes. So, so um, 
Absolutely. And over the years, I've tried so many. But uh, there's another wonderful social selling company out there called Beauty Counter. And the CEO, Greg Renfrew, and I have become close friends. And she's really mentored me through my journey of founding a company. Um, and Beauty Counter uh, have a very strong mission statement, which is to have clean, 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 clean ingredients in their products. Um, and so, of course, I use the Beauty Counter sun stick and sun cream and sun protection. Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> and if you read, if you read the book, you don't go outside from noon to three. <laughs> I did read uh, that in the book. Only because I'm sitting in the office working. <laughs> I would much prefer to be water skiing or sailing if I could. <laughs> so the home you have there and the home you have in England, did you take things from there and put them in a pod and ship them over to England? Or were you just storing things over there and hoping that someday you were going to have a home? Did you have a grand plan? Oh, God. Uh, no, never a grand plan. Um, there were, again, as I said earlier, I, I, luckily to have inherited some pieces of furniture from my parents. So they had a set at Albany in London. Albany is one of the oldest private residences in London. My mother finally found that in her 90s that actually it was, it was too much to be maintaining two homes. So I, I inherited those pieces, which then perfect timing, went into America Farm in England. Um, and here in the Bahamas, when we first moved into our home here, we went on a shopping spree to New Orleans, but I know I'm saying that wrong. It's New Orleans, right? New Orleans. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's um, one word. Depends yeah. on how Southern you are. <laughs> it's one word. Um, and we went to Magazine Street and we bought a lot of our furniture there. Um, and, and occasionally I say that was rather a mistake. Don't do all your shopping in one go because when the container arrived here on the Harbour Island, we went, what on earth were we thinking? Um, but but it has stood us in good stead. And, you know, we go through a very strong hurricane season here. And we've had many hurricanes through, uh, through the island and whisked through our homes. And all of our furniture is intact. Um, and so it has withstood the time, the test of time of island life. Do you, okay, this, this is a random question. Um, do you evacuate when a hurricane comes or do you like the island, the island does they, they evacuate all of the tourists but because we live here we certainly have no intention of leaving whatsoever I, I have my dog banger sitting here beside me and bond and samson at my feet and i've got two cats we have lovebirds and tortoises no we we would not leave this is our home we have we we have responsibilities here so we stay Okay, because I was just wondering, because I'm, I'm from Mobile, Alabama, so right next to New Orleans, we get hurricanes all the time, no one ever leaves. Yeah. But I imagine in the Bahamas, it's a lot riskier. <laughs> yeah, it is. They definitely evacuate the tourists, and I'm always on the flight coming back onto the island where I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> so having, having such a distinctly English heritage, but having lived in the Bahamas, and then I feel like you're in the U.S. all the time traveling and your business is in the U.S., like you said. How has that affect your design aesthetic in your homes, if at all? Do you have any American influences in there? Oh, gosh, I have lots of American. Look, I'm dressed in yoga gear right now. Um, <laughs> on, on a, that, that couldn't possibly be more of an American influence. Um, <laughs> Um, it's probably, I think we're fundamentally very European and in, 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 because that's where we were brought up and our our kids are uh, uh, definitely have, they, they have a global citizen for sure. Um, but yes, there are influences from America. You know, the Bahamas is very, very close to America now. Um, and as I said, the, the travels that I've done, I mean, I've seen so many wonderful, incredible pockets of America. I never thought that I'd be in Kansas and I loved it. Um, and the Carolinas and Seattle and Dallas and all over. And it's been an amazing education for me. Um, so I, I'm very grateful to have been so welcomed in America. Do you, are your children all creative like you? They're all nutty. 
My- <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are. Um, my eldest son is is extremely talented. Um, he's an artist, but in true artist form, um, there are moments where he lacks confidence and finds it hard to actually commercialize that side of of his talent. Um, so that will take time. was painting in the barn. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then my next one is about to go to SCAD, actually, um, the Savannah School of Art Design, which I'm sure you all know well. Um, so that's exciting. I take him there next week. Um, and then I've got the, the 15-year-old's a rugby player, um, but he's always happy to film my live and on bleep, so he's good behind the camera, t- too. Um, and, and Domino is very creative, as, as, as girls are. <laughs> Wonderful. Do you, how often do you go to, um, or go to England and visit and visit your home over there? Um, as much as I possibly can. I, I'm incredibly close to my mother. Um, and, and I miss seasons. So, so I, I, I long for a bit of rain. Um, uh, but, but, you know, it, at the moment, I'm really dividing my time. The home is here in the Bahamas. Um, I, England, obviously, for all those obvious reasons, we've talked about a new home of my mother. And then America for the business. I, I'm very lucky. I have to imagine that you have spent a lot of time growing up, especially um, in some amazing, amazing rooms, amazing homes. So I'm wondering if there is one room in particular that maybe made an impact on you or that you think fondly of the most. Maybe it's not grand at all. Maybe it's somewhere very, you know, where your whole family, you know, kind of like hung out or if there's anywhere that really sticks out to you. Well, there's a, there's a room that I've grown up with that interestingly was moved. Um, there was a very extraordinary artist called Rex Whistler. Um, and in the 1920s, he was certainly the artist of, of the moment. And he would do um, trompe l'oeil artwork. And my grandmother commissioned him. And he would normally paint directly onto walls in a beautiful gray, grisaille type color. And and she insisted that he painted on panels. Um, and the war broke out just after he finished and they moved the panels from their London home um, to the countryside in Hampshire. And just after they moved it, the, the house that he had painted the panels in was destroyed by a bomb, by a German bomb. So, so amazing, these panels were then, um, my mother inherited the panels and when she bought her home after she got married, they were put back up and that was her, her boudoir as such. Um, and then when my parents moved house again, the panels came and it's now the dining room of my mother's house in England, in Oxfordshire. So I've seen that, that room recreated twice in my lifetime. Um, but what's interesting is Rex was painted the panels depicting all of the, 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 the important parts of my grandmother's life. So she's actually above a clock and she's there um, topless as Lady Time with Father Time on the other side of the clock. Um, and then the homes that my grandmother had grown up in herself and the lion that she had brought back from Africa um, and the house that she had had in, in Germany. So it's an amazing journal as such um, on, on the walls that tell the story of my grandparents' life. Um, so that has been quite a special room. That's an incredible story. Wow. But too, it's beautiful. Sort of that sage green and gray. Correct. Really pretty. I like the naked part. I think that may be where you get your wild hair. Is your grandmother. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, should we answer our uh, questions? Yeah. Our dilemmas? Absolutely. Um, I'm sure you're on a time schedule, so we don't want to keep you from the beach. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we have a couple um, mm-hmm. dilemmas you're going to help us solve. Is that all right? Oh, my goodness. I'm very unprepared, but yes. <laughs> We're always unprepared. 
Hi, ladies. I've been listening to your podcast for the last few months and I've been binging it, listening to about three episodes a week. Love it. I'm so sad. I'm almost caught up. I guess I'll just have to wait for each new episode like everyone else. We are building a new home in a coastal part of Northeast Florida, and I have two questions I could use your help with. It's under construction, so the photos I'm sending are from the model home. My colors will be blue and green, and I'm including a screenshot of a board I saved on Pinterest that I like. Question number one, I want to put a rug in the family room and one in the dining room. Since the rooms are all one big space, should they match in some way? Can you recommend rugs that are pet friendly and also nice underfoot? Love the look of a sisal or jute, but not sure they're great in a house with a dog who might just have an accident. Number two, (laughs) in the dining room, I want to do a white wainscoting with navy seagrass wallpaper above. Should I put it on the dining room ceiling where the tray is outlined by crown molding? As you can see in the pic of the model home, they put it on the wood ceiling that matches the floors in the house. Thanks for your help and happy decorating. The first question was about what rug would I suggest? Interestingly, I'm I'm sitting in an office now um, and this office has a lot of traffic through it in the terms of the three dogs, the two cats. Admittedly, the tortoise isn't up here very much. Um, <laughs> the five children are too. And so I absolutely have sizal rugs. But what I didn't do here was to put it down at wall to wall because exactly as this, um, this uh, listener has said, uh, nervous of an accident uh, from a dog. So I did it in sections. So I've got a dark wood painted floor and on top of it, I've got the sisal rug to warm it up. Um, and then if, you know, it's very inexpensive sisal. Um, and if there was ever an accident, I would be able to move part of it instead of the wall to wall. Um, I love sisal. I love the way it feels underneath. I love the texture of it. I, I think it gives a real warmth to a room and it certainly is for the seaside. She wants to do dark blue seagrass wallpaper above the wainscoting yeah. here. And she wants to know if she should do that on the ceiling also. Ooh, they, the they've applied name. this wood floor sort of... I can see that. I think the wood floor makes me nervous. I think the floor on the ceiling makes me very nervous. Um, <laughs> I love navy blue seagrass, so I think that would be very, very chic. And I think to do it all over could be incredibly chic, as long as the room gets enough light. I mean, it depends what, what they're doing. In the room. Is this a dining room? Is this a room that they're in during the daytime? If it was just nighttime, it could be incredibly cool, all dark with really good lighting. Um, but I, I, I love the idea of, of doing it as a complete covering. I think it would be beautiful, especially for an evening room. I love that kind of um, cozy feeling that would give her. Yeah. Beautiful. Good answer. Yeah. Do you have any other thoughts on decorating coastal homes? Because she says this is in Northeast Florida. Yeah. How do you keep up a a coastal home from being, you know, too uh, cliche? Um, I think... Not letting it um, be too pristine, letting letting family and life come into it, uh, giving it a few knocks, um, and making sure that it, it, as I said earlier, that it really feels yours. So we always suggest, you know, starting with a Pinterest board to get the, the flavor of what you like, um, and then making sure that's carried into your home and that you're not just decorating it for the purposes of anybody else, but it's got to be for you. Um, we love to bring the outside in. We have huge oversized palm fronds uh, in Eiffel Tower-sized vases. Um, I think that that gives a very dramatic, good look. Palm fronds last forever. They're very easily accessible, especially in, in Florida. So I think that brings some, some drama and some, and some coastal feeling in. Perfect. That's good. Everyone loves a house plant these days. That's <laughs> true. Jungle. Good luck, Jen. 
Thanks for writing in your question. Okay, so then the next one is from Bethany. We, we just do two, India. So this is yeah. your second question. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so she says, I love your podcast and have been listening since day one. I've been <laughs> meaning you. to send you a note. Yeah, thanks. I've been meaning to send you a note as I'm struggling with our master bedroom. It's a very tall room and only has one full wall. Our king-size bed is on that wall with our bedside tables. There's truly only a few inches to spare. The dresser we have in the room barely made it up the stairs, so it has to stay. My question mainly revolves around this third wall we have in the room. I love to put some sort of small dresser there for additional storage, along with mirrors and pictures. The concern is that there is a very narrow pathway to the bathroom specifically at the end of our bed, and I don't want it to look too cluttered. Additionally, the wall is so tall that I feel a small dresser would look dwarfed when the ceiling is 15 feet up. My other thought was to place the bed on the window wall, but I enjoy seeing light when walking up and don't want the headboards to block the windows. Please note, we will definitely be replacing those drapes as soon as I commit to something. I would appreciate your help trying to find a way to fit more storage in this room without it looking cluttered. Attached are some iPhone photos of the room and one from our family photos. So, do, so don't think the walls are full on khaki. Okay, I have to show you how cute how cute is her family. Oh, they're yeah. adorable and with their little and baby. That's so sweet. Mm-hmm. I hate the dresser in front of that window. That makes me nuts looking at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, I agree because it's off right? centered. Yeah, because it's off centered. Why not face the bed facing to the window? That was my first thought too. She likes yeah. it when she wakes up. Right. That would be beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then center the, the dresser in the window. Mm-hmm. Or she could place the dresser under these botanical prints over yeah. here. In that little that sort wall. of niche. Mm-hmm. India, you're the expert. What do you think? Yeah. Well, I am rather agreeing with you. It looks like we should. she is going to have to compromise on something. Either she's going to have to have her walkway Uh, with more space by moving the bed or she's just got to have her view. Um, So I I think she's got to work out what's more important, but I like what you're suggesting. I think that bed should be moved to give her the access and she'll have to look at the view from the side. She'll have to turn her neck. (laughs) Okay. So that the closets are, she looks at those closets from the bed. Yes. Mm -mm, Don't do it. I mean, don't, you don't want to wake up and look at that all day. Wake up and look out your windows. (laughs) Yeah, and I also feel like it solves your bathroom issue because you're right. It does look like you're kind of squeezing in there. So you will have to walk around the bed, but it seems like that makes a lot more sense to me than than the op, you know, the the alternative. Um Agreed. I do think that the art pieces, I feel like they're too far apart. I know this is not a question you asked about, more. but I would have them squeezed together a little bit more or maybe add to, add to it, you know, add a couple more. It's a lot of wall with very little art, maybe something a little more dramatic on the wall, on one of those walls. I would agree with that. I like a bedding though. Yes. pretty. And I like the, is it a, is it upholstery headboard? It's pretty. I like the little Mm -hmm. sort of dixie print with the white bedding with the navy trim. And I, I actually like the dresser. Like I love the style of the dresser. She says it has to stay, but I really love it. It just seems like it's in the wrong place. Agreed. Well, if she she moved the dresser onto that wall, she could do a large mirror over it Mm -hmm. um, and even do the three prints like down each side. Um, Yes. Mm -hmm. Love that. You know what? And she might have, you know, looking at 
the television. It might be a problem that maybe her cable is on this wall and she doesn't want to move it to the other wall. But you can, and it also looks like she has carpet. You can run that cable under the edge of the carpet all the way around that room. You'll never see it. So mm-hmm. if that's going to be someone's objection, don't let it stop you. But if she moves the wall, I mean, if she moves the bed, then mm-hmm. it'll face that wall. Maybe she, maybe there's enough room on either side of the window to mount the TV. Mm-hmm. I think what you, she should do is do exactly what my father did when he would go and stay in, as a guest in someone's house. He would go upstairs to the room that he was given and he would move everything around. And <laughs> like, which was somewhat surprising for the hosts. But <laughs> he actually ended up giving them a much better arrangement of furniture with a very definite point of view. So I suggest she should do that. She should get two strong men in that room and she should move everything around and try it all out. And then she should send the images in so we can have a look at them again. <gasps> oh, I like it. We can re vote later. So smart. Yes. <laughs> perfect. I think that's a perfect plan. Great. Thank you, India. Yes. You thank solved you it. so much. And I wish that I could have your father over to redo my <laughs> room. Yep. Too bad. <laughs> that would totally be worth me fixing dinner and hosting a party. <laughs> exactly. Well, wonderful. Well, thanks for coming on, India. Yes. Thank you so much. Um, I am a fan, um, uh, a fan of ballad designs, definitely. Um, and I think it ties into everything that we've talked about today, which is inclusiveness and storytelling and lifestyle and, 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 and affordability. Um, so, so it's been a, a great honor to have joined you. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> do you want to tell everyone, um, we'll put links, of course, in the show notes, everybody, but do you want to remind people where they can follow you and where to find Thank you. Yes. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm an Instagram addict. I, I absolutely love it because it's, it's my own tone of voice. I post every picture. I write every word. Um, so it's a very personal journey and it, and it definitely shares my work, and my family life. Um, so that's India Hicks style. And uh, my new book out is uh, A Slice of England by Rizzoli. Um, please try to support, obviously, a local bookseller, but it is available on Amazon. Um, and my business, really, really the, the crux of everything for me at the moment, we have wonderful, wonderful entrepreneurial women who join us and sell our lifestyle collections through um, trunk shows at home. Uh, and that is uh, India Hicks Inc. And really, that's just go to our website, indiahicks.com, and you can find everything there. You have a great blog on there too. So you guys check out her blog on there too. It's very nice. Thank you. All right. That's our show. Thank you so much for listening. You can leave us a review in your podcast app. We would love to read it. And of course, subscribe to the show so it downloads straight to your phone. The show notes for each episode are at howtodecorate.com slash podcast and um, follow us on social media. And very exciting news. We are, or the How to Decorate podcast is now a skill on your Alexa. That's right. So you can just ask Alexa to play the How to Decorate podcast after you go and enable it under the skills on Amazon.com. Yes. Super easy. Super easy. And that way you can listen whenever you're just sitting around cooking or whatever you're doing around the house. Tell Alexa to play the How to Decorate podcast and your life will be so much happier. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. Happy happy decorating. decorating.